Welcome back, Rip City. I'm your host, Tim Johnson. And this is the Busted Bucket Podcast. Locally grown here in Portland, Oregon. The city of roses, city of bridges, stump town, PDX. This is a show dedicated to Rip City and everyone who loves Portland basketball. Joining me is my co-host, Gary, the six-man Hassan. I'm excited for this one. Let's ride, baby. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Look, uh, on this episode, it's another special episode because we have a returning guest, Adam Drexler. Welcome back to the show, my friend. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, it's an honor to be back. Absolutely. It's, it's an honor for us to have you back, man. Uh, you got a lot of things going on, and, and we're excited to hear about them. But first, we have to talk about Gary and I went to the Les Schwab Invitational yesterday. And we went to go watch his son play. And he, he played great. He played really well. Um, but I think Gary sent you uh, a, a video. Actually, I think it was a picture yeah. and a video. Because uh, we were debating in our small circle of friends as to whether or not his son Evan got dunked on. Now, just to paint the picture for our listeners, Evan was going down for a chase down block. Um it just so happens this kid yammed it pretty nice, uh, kind of in Evan's face. Our question to you is: Is that is is that him getting dunked on? Is it really? Because I'm of I'm in the camp where I say no. He he, he didn't get dunked on. Yeah, it's you know it depends if you're playing the game or if you're watching the game. Because some people that watch the game just look for a reason to get hyped. Right. <laughs> and they just want like anything like, Oh, you were within three feet. You're dunked on like, but no, nah, he was, he was clearly behind in the picture. I'm like, you can't, you can't deny that at that angle, he is behind the play. Mm-hmm. So the ruling on the floor is that's not getting in done. <laughs> and yeah, I had, I had a similar situation in, uh, in Boston. Um, when I was doing the Boston summer league, um, we have this mini camp and Tatum and, and Jalen Brown before they're, all-stars you know this is the Kyrie year so Kyrie this is their second year with Kyrie Mm -hmm. and they decided to jump into our our runs and I was like okay like this is a bunch of summer league guys and you know first second year NBA players and then and then Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum just they're like okay we're just gonna ruin everything for you guys we're (laughs) trying to impress you know we're, we're trying to impress the GM and everybody Brad Stevens is there and there was this one play where it was uh, Shimmy Ojale tried to throw a pass to me on the wing. The play is for me to pop out off a screen, and he's just supposed to get it to me. I'm supposed to swing it to the wing so we can get it in the post. And Tatum jumps the screen and steals the ball and runs down. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to run after him. And, you know, I'm obviously, you know, some of the staff is like, no, don't jump, don't jump, don't hurt him, don't hurt him. I'm like, I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna yeah. take out Jason Tatum. So I just like I jump, but I'm like nowhere near him. I just like jump just to say I jumped. Mm-hmm. And like he dunks the ball and whatever. And I'm like, did I get dunked on? That's what I was thinking to myself. I'm like, I didn't get dunked on. I was <laughs> I just jumping to say that I gave an effort. You know, I didn't want to just like stand there right. and look like I didn't do anything. It wasn't my turnover, so <laughs> Yeah, I'd say that. Yeah, yeah. He'll, get he'll be very, uh, very happy to hear that because um, I had I had a talk with him probably a year ago or something like that, and you know, like I was just telling him, you know, 
when that day comes, like you still have to continue, you know, being a force and trying to block everything. I mean, you're you're going to get dunked on at some point, you know, and, and he's telling me, I'll never get dunked on. It's never going to happen. Like, I'm too nice and this and that. And I'm like, man, it is going to happen. But I mean, you know, for me, uh, you know, to, to see that play, like I was very happy that, you know, he went down and tried to block it, you know, and I think after the play happened, the mm-hmm. uh, opposing team and stuff like that, you know, was kind of chirping at him and talking to him and stuff. But, but you know, like I just told him, you know, that I I loved him and I was proud of him for, for trying because, man, mm-hmm. I've been dunked on plenty of times. But probably for me, the, the worst one uh, that I dealt with was at uh, Jefferson High School. And I was probably like a junior in high school. And uh, this guy by the name of Chris Rogers, he... Uh, uh, coming down the, the middle of the lane and I jumped from like the, the middle of the free throw lane because I thought he was going to shoot a jumper. But unfortunately, he was not shooting a jumper. He, he was going up to body me and absolutely annihilate me and dunk on me in front of the whole school and everybody. And uh, yeah, that was the first and last time that I ever tried to block anybody in a dunk. So... <laughs> Yeah, it's it's not a great feeling no. to get dunked on, because one you're like, still you still got the adrenaline from like, yeah, I was I was trying to get yeah, back on yeah. defense, hustle, but then that everyone else, yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> that's the worst. The yeah, the, are the worst. Like, oh, no. But luckily, when that happened to me, like there was no you know social media and videos and stuff like that, or else that would have been brutal. Um, you know, and I think that now. Just to me, because I, I don't think, you know, my son got dunked on either. But, you know, now the uh, social media is trying to paint it like, you know, he just absolutely got dunked on like Braun did to uh, Jason Terry. You know, and I'm, I'm like, it, it was not that bad. <laughs> it was a chase down block, man, or a block attempt. Yeah. It was a chase down. Yeah. To me, that's not getting dunked on. I, for me, I... If you're going to say someone got dunked on, to me, like, the defender has to have position already, mm-hmm. in my mind. Mm-hmm. Like, they have mm-hmm. to be ready, waiting for it. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think Evan was there. I don't think he got dunked on. Mm. I always thought, like, getting dunked on was, like, it was, like, oh, chest yeah. contact. Yeah. Like, Some kind of contact. Contact yeah. chest to chest, then, like, or, like, you're yeah. under the basket. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, now that that's settled. <laughs> we, we also got the opportunity to watch Bronson's play. Um, which was pretty cool because Brownie's pretty dang good. Um, his his brother is pretty good as well. But we also noticed that his team is kind of stacked. <laughs> his team also has Penny's kid, also has Pippin's kid. Mm-hmm. My question becomes, so as we're watching Brownie and all them playing, all, all these former kids of former players i mean really if you want to say the basketball legends um i got to thinking about how much pressure he must be under day in and day out and how hard that must be to constantly be compared to his dad um and i'm curious was that like did you ever feel that sort of pressure when you were coming up as well and like did you uh, did you feel like you had to be as good as your dad and 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 maybe 
in part because of maybe like the media was putting some undue pressure or or unreal expectations on you just because of of who you were um a little bit i mean for me i've wanted to be like my dad so that was like my whole reason for the season was like i i played basketball not just because you know it's fun to play i played basketball because i wanted to beat my dad <laughs> so bad and i was like it was that's all i wanted to do i was like i'm gonna get to a level where i could beat my dad and like going into high school and playing on teams it was a lot of the time every other player on the team is looking at you like uh oh um you know is adam drexler his dad's famous now i gotta do what i can to like kind of try to outshine me mm. so i'm like it, it brings forth a lot of competition a lot of the times you know the other team will go twice as hard because they think that somehow by my father watching the game that he's just gonna look at them and push the button on his phone to make them mm -hmm. go to the nba <laughs> and you know that's not always the case but um i didn't really feel pressure from other people i felt pressure just from myself knowing that like i am pursuing beating like i want to be like if my dad, I, I would watch a video of my dad dunking and I'd be like, I want to do that same dunk. So every game I'd go and watch a clip of him play and he would do some move. Like there was one play where he span, he drove like baseline span around and did this crazy hook shot, like finger roll circus shot. And I was like, I want to get one of those in game. So, yeah. you know, half the game I'd be trying to do that. And that was kind of the pressure for me. Did you ever do it? Yes, <laughs> but it took, it took me did, a lot more did tries. You ever, did you ever it, do? I learned that it wasn't a great shot for me to take. <laughs> did you ever do his iconic dunk with the the legs, you know, kick back? Oh yeah, I did them all. I was like, what I would do is I'd go on, I'd go play two K, and they had the Clyde Drexler dunk yep. back, and I would just try to do all hmm. of those dunks. Nice. And then any player I liked, I would I would just copy their whole like move. Yeah. That game was crazy. It was bad for me as a kid. It probably like. <laughs> Every week, I was like, okay, I want the Steph Curry shot. Now mm -hmm. I want the Ray Allen shot. Yeah. And I would just like change mm -hmm. my form. And I was like, probably a bad thing to do. But that's to me, it, it was more so having fun. Mm -hmm. And I wish that I would have done something kind of like what, what, what Bronny's doing and like teaming up with other mm -hmm. Legends kids because mm -hmm. that means that everyone on the team has the same pressure. I mean, obviously, you know, being LeBron James kid, you have a Man. lot of pressure. But being Scotty's kid, being Penny Hardaway's kid, like you have the same kind of feeling. Like your fathers have mm -hmm. expectations and mm -hmm. forget the crowd. It's about like, you know, when I come home for dinner, like, <laughs> yeah, I hold my yeah. head high knowing like, all right, I'm, I'm on my way. I mean, right, cause it's just, yeah. so it's just crazy. Like we're, we're sitting there watching the game, you know, and um, you know, we're, we're watching Bronny like warm up and stuff like that and watching Bryce and man, they have like five, security guards with them like they had three guards like sitting behind the bench you know with with two of them facing the crowd and then you know one of them was like half facing the team and then half half facing the crowd and then the other two were like you know like in the stands and i'm just thinking like man this has to be so much pressure for teenagers you know for a 16 year old a 17 year old like an 18 year old you know or whatever and i'm just like thinking like man like it must be so hard to have you know all all this pressure on you you know, whether it be, you know, something that you're trying to attain for for yourself or, you know, something that like other people are trying to put on you, you know, and 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 man, 
Bronny is a really, really good basketball player, man. Like, I think he's he's shooting something like 76%, like, for, from the field and stuff. And he had a couple highlight dunks and stuff last night. And, man, he's he's uh, really uh, living up to expectations, and it's nice to see him play, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's like being LeBron James' son, you're – your biggest like pressure is coming from yeah. your father. It's not coming from like the people around you. For me, I think there were games where I've had like 30 points in high school and you know, that I walk off the court to standing mm-hmm. ovations and at the end of the day I go back and on the drive home my dad would be like, "Son, the move that we worked on <laughs> day in day out this mm-hmm. whole week, you had the opportunity to do it and you shot a floater instead of like yeah. euro stepping." I'm like I'm sitting there like, I had 30 points and he beat the other team, but, you know. And, you know, to him, it's like, he's, like, Bronny's bad game is anyone else's great game. So when you have that kind of expectation, it's like, well, he's like, all right, yeah, it's a good move, but I'm trying to teach you great moves. So that's where he's getting the most pressure. But that's a fun type of pressure to have because – it feels so great when you finally get yeah. that move right. And you look over to your dad in the stand. That one was for you, Dad. <laughs> so speaking of your dad, let's let's talk about this record that has been broken. So Dame recently became the highest scorer in franchise history. Uh, which is great. You know, congrats to him. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, but I don't know if everybody knows, but I know you saw it. I saw it. There was a tweet, and I'm not going to mention from who, but there was a tweet that went out talking about how unfortunate it was that Clyde didn't make a video congratulating Dame like all these other players and coaches and blah, blah, blah. And you clapped back a little bit. You said, well, I, you know, I'll let you say what you said. Yeah, I mean, I just, I like I try to check Twitter like at least once a day. Mm-hmm. That's as yeah. much as I can take. <laughs> and <laughs> so I just happened to go on. I saw the tweet and I was like, I don't know. I just felt like responding to it. He was, he was talking about like, okay, well, I, you know, Clyde Drexler is not a, you know, he's not a legendary blazer if he can't make a 10 second video. And I was like, well, that's not really my dad's style. If you know him, like I grew up with him, so I know mm-hmm. him. So what I was actually there when he called Damian Lillard and he called Chauncey Billups and those are Chauncey Billups is a longtime friend of my father's. So they talk all the time and Damian Lillard and my father talk every now and then. Um, but it's always a mutual respect. And my father is nothing but praise for Damian Lillard. So I just told him about, I just tweeted that, you know, they had a private conversation. I asked my father, I was like, Hey dad, are you going to fly to the game and, you know, or do a video or something? He's like, I thought about it, but I wanted the moment to be all about Damian Lillard. I didn't want to take away from it. I wanted it to be all him. And, you know, I called him personally and, and that was it. And so I just tweeted that. And then all of a sudden it started getting a lot of traction. A lot of people started responding. I didn't realize that the city was so like heated about this, this discussion about like my father, not, they said my father doesn't like Portland, which is, The weirdest thing I've ever heard. I didn't even know that was a thing. I mean, my father talks about Portland every day. Like, in any situation. I'll be like, 
my brother, my father loves nunchucks. We were playing around with nunchucks downstairs. I don't play with them because I'm that hurt myself. That is the myself. coolest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, my father and my brother were just like messing around with nunchucks, and I'm like, Dad, where did you, you know, why do you have so many nunchucks? He's like, Man, me, Kiki Vandaway, Buck Williams, and all these people used to just watch karate movies <laughs> and bought a whole bunch of nunchucks and, and shurikens and and i'm like what on earth like and he's just like the way he mentions them in every conversation is just like he loved that team he yeah. loved that city so I, I had to say something in his defense because he doesn't do twitter or any social yeah. media so i just popped in said my piece and then a lot of people started sharing their stories about you know how my father has impacted them and i was like this yeah. is really cool mm -hmm. i didn't didn't know he did all this stuff and i didn't you know you hear about him and like you hear people say oh he's a legend but you never really actually see yeah. the people that he's impacted mm -hmm. and some of these people had had their dogs named after him <laughs> had their had him on their posters in their mm -hmm. you know house stuff like that so it was really cool to see but a lot of fans were like mad because he didn't do something for them and i'm like well yeah, I mean, if I if I lived in a city, I'd want to see my franchise player like all the time. But that's just not really who he is. He's a very mm -hmm. quiet guy. Mm -hmm. Doesn't do much, you know, fanfare and and other stuff. He just golfs and does karate in the garage. <laughs> but yeah, I I you want to go do karate right. in the garage? I, yep. <laughs> I love the fact you know that that you came on you know and and had your dad's back and stuff like that you know because obviously you you know him better than anybody you know who's who's talking about him you know like on twitter and facebook and ig and all these things you know so yeah. I, I think it's really cool you know because i mean so honestly like i've I, i've heard like a decent amount you know before too you know about how clyde doesn't care care about the city he he's not here but i think but i think it's different too you know because here you know we get to see you know terry porter more uh you know we're seeing Damon and Terrell Brandon and stuff like that too, you know. So it's like for 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 people not to actively see him, uh, you know, it's different, you know. But w what you're saying too, you know, about um, him being more shy and reserved and stuff too, you know, is 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 true. I mean, you know, I I like the way you know that that you said that, you know, because it, it 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 makes me think differently about things too. Like it's not really about the fans, you know, it's about Damien. <laughs> The NBA season is heating up, and there are still so many unknowns. Do the Blazers make a playoff run, or do they get the number seven pick again? When I'm looking to get in on the action, I bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet just $5 pregame Moneyline on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Download the app now, sign up with code TBPN. Place a $5 pregame Moneyline bet on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code TBPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So, um, to him, it's like, yeah, he was involved with the Rockets as an announcer. That was like, they asked him to do it. It gave him a position. I mean, my father, after he finished playing basketball, he, I'm... Portland didn't give him a call to be involved in the franchise. Portland didn't hmm. offer him a position or anything like that. There was a period in like 2001 where he actually, him and Kiki Vandaway were, Kiki Vandaway got a GM position with the Denver Nuggets. And my dad, you know, was on board as the assistant GM for that. And 
he would have loved to have been involved, but it's this no opportunity came with the Blazers. So, I mean, it's not all like, it's not like there's any resentment or of course, no, no ill will. It's just, there was no opportunity for him to kind of be involved in the franchise. I don't think not many Blazers, not many former Blazers are involved in the franchise. I think Buck mm-hmm. Williams was like an assistant mm-hmm. for like one year and that was it. And that's, that's it from, from that squad. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of it is like, well, trailblazers, like if you want to see more legends, like involve them a little bit in your organization. And that, that, that goes the same way for, mm-hmm. you know, any team really. I mean, it's just about how much you want to kind of let legends in like Dallas Mavericks. I think Mark Cuban is like any player that plays for him. He personally offers them a position on his staff mm-hmm within the organization, no matter how long they play, mm-hmm. as long as they played for the Dallas Mavericks. Right. So I think something like that could really help to mm-hmm. to kind of bring those legends in. But my father, he's not mad about it or anything. He loves Portland. He loves the organization. He just, they don't communicate often. Mm-hmm. So whenever events like this yeah. happen, they don't really <laughs> reach it, out. That's so weird. It sounds like we, so we need to have like a national nunchuck day or something like that, just to go ahead and get it popping and then... <laughs> What what I want to know is if him and Kiki built bunk Dude, beds. Dude, I totally thought about Step Brothers too. That that's kind of like when they describe that, you know, the times they're hanging out. I'm like very close, <laughs> like to that Step Brother level. They're just doing a whole bunch of stuff like karate in the garage. Like, hey man, let's go drive motorcycles. Let's. They were just that's hanging so out, cool. having a blast in Portland. That's awesome. <laughs> so. Right. I, I mentioned uh, the media putting undue uh, stress or, or, you know, unrealistic expectations. Do you think that maybe that's what Portland media has been doing with Clyde ever since he left? I think in a way, because, I mean, no one wants to see their star player leave. So uh, I think when he left for Houston, I think that left a whole lot of people bitter. But... In actuality, I mean, it's it's kind of a weird concept. I mean, it's not the other side of that that he never really talks about is he did not really want to leave Portland. That was his team. That was where he wanted to compete. Mm-hmm. He was all for being a Blazer for life. But then the team starts breaking down his champion, his finals roster. Mm-hmm. You know, they they trade away Duckworth. They they mm-hmm. get rid of Rick Adelman, right. his coach. So whenever you do things like that, it's pretty hard to to stay and be part of a rebuilding process when you hit the finals two times in a row. Mm -hmm. Like that's pretty difficult for any player. So he just asked, you know, the last thing on his career list things to do was win a championship. And if the organization is not going to try to build towards that, then, you know, you seek that with another team, Mm -hmm. but um, it's not something he's angry about or anything. He loves Portland and he definitely still considers it a home to this day. It's just, I guess it's a communication issue. Yeah, it's it's a it's a yeah, it's it's just uh when you get a chance to pursue that next level of of, of success for your career, I think who doesn't want to mm-hmm. win a championship with one of their best friends? Right. Well, and and it makes you think about, you know, what transpired with Dame over the off season because mm-hmm. you know, there were reports that he was saying, you know, basically give me a better roster or I'm looking mm-hmm. at walking and mm-hmm. I, it makes me wonder if, if maybe if things were different, like if they if the organization had 
committed to your dad like they did with Dame and said, yes, yes, yes. It's not going to be next season, but maybe in a couple, two, three seasons, we'll do that. It makes me wonder if if your dad would have stayed, if he would have been happy not winning a championship and just being a lifelong blazer, or if maybe he wouldn't take anything back, you know? Uh, I mean, he's someone who, like, he goes all out. He doesn't hold anything back. If he's healthy, he's playing, and um, he's he's a winner. So anytime he can win, he's going all out. I, I honestly think Damian Lillard's the same way. He doesn't like to lose. So, you know, it, it's kind of weird seeing some of these rosters play out, but, like, it's props to him for sticking around and trusting the franchise to do that. And I hope it works out. That's the the coolest thing about this is Damian Lillard has a lot more basketball to play. So we kind of get to see it, you know, progress over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just wanted to mention one thing real quick. It just popped into my head. Um, I Again, we're going to go back to Twitter. <laughs> but there was, there was uh, an article that someone had posted on Twitter about an ex uh, or a former teammate of he who shall not be named Michael Jordan. Uh, that Jordan once said uh, that Clyde was as good as he was. It's just he wasn't marketable. Do you, did you see that? Yeah, I saw that. I, I thought yeah. that was really interesting. Like, one, why now, after all these years, is this coming out? And two, like, yeah. how true is that, that, that MJ would say something like that? I'm not saying that Clyde wasn't or couldn't be, you know, as mm. good as MJ because we all saw mm. it when they battled each other. Um, I'm just, I'm curious what what your thoughts were on that article. It's kind of a fluff piece, um, but knowing like the inner circle type stuff, it's like you know, after games, Michael Jordan's father used to come over to my father and be like, "Hey, <laughs> why you sure are hard on my boy?" You know, like. they had a rivalry where they were trying to compete for number one Mm -hmm. and like but they also you know have a lot of respect for each other you know they're not at each other's throats in fact my father wanted to draft Michael Jordan that was what he asked the franchise to draft Michael Jordan if only the franchise listened to their star player (laughs) (laughs) yeah not all the time but sometimes but yeah I'm like whenever they talk, they have complete respect for each other. I know the last dance shook everybody to their core, but I mean, these two play golf together. I mean, um, they have respect for each other. And when you look at their careers, it's like pretty similar in what they do for their team, Mm -hmm. but, or at least in stature, they're like almost the same height, both same, you know, freak athletes, so it was kind of like West versus East. And that's how my dad always viewed it. It's like, okay, well, I've got the West, he's got the East, and we're just going to go at it. Mm-hmm. But on top of that, my father has to battle mm-hmm. through Magic Johnson <laughs> right. and the Showtime Lakers. He's got to battle through, you know, all these other crazy teams. So that's pretty tough when you think about it. Like, my, we always look at people like Charles Barkley. We look at, you know, Patrick Stockton Ewing. and Malone. We look at, yeah. You know, David Robinson, Patrick Ewing, all these people. My, like, my yeah. dad kept yeah. a lot yeah. of these players from getting to the finals yeah. for years. So, yeah, to me, I've always viewed it as, I, to me, that's my personally, that's one of the biggest rivalries between Jordan and Drexler. That's, oh, yeah. I was I was just going like, to say that. 
his biggest rival. Mm -hmm. Like that was that was one of the great NBA mm -hmm. rivalries of all time. Mm -hmm. It has to be. Uh, it, that's that's funny that that you would say that. Um, I had something else. I as you were speaking, I was it's completely escaped my mind. But uh, you know, speaking of all those other names and like, obviously, your dad would had to have been tired by the time he saw Mike. Had to have been. Oh yeah. But I mean, like his roster, it, it took a different type of play style to to play my father's game. I was talking with Tim about this the other day. He was, it was for two years and he was averaging hmm. 27, like six and eight or something like that. And then he was like, you know, wait, we, you know, that right now is, is it's good, but it's not sustainable. So the, the management, the Blazers were like, Hey, let's turn you, let's bring your usage down try to get you to get more people involved that way we can get you know get more people involved in the offense to make it easier make winning more viable so my father kind of went down in points and went up in assists and you know they saw success went back uh to the finals to play against michael and um i think for him he was just about sacrificing and doing whatever needed to be done to, to help his team win because he's, he's not playing with Hall of Famers on his team. He's playing mm -hmm. with guys that kind of, like they're good players. Like Terry Porter, great player. Uh, Duckworth and Buck Williams, um, Jerome Kersey. Right. But not mm -hmm. on the level of like a Scotty Pippen where you have somebody that, you know, is a bona fide star. Mm -hmm. So I think it's always weird to me. And I, I love those teams, but after my father, you know, wasn't on Portland, a lot of those guys never made an all-star, never made a, you know, team. A lot of them didn't even start for their next right. team. So it's just interesting to see like what he was working with was his roster. He uplifted a lot of players on his team, mm -hmm. you know, to it's, get the best out of them. It's funny to see so many similarities between him and Dame. I mean, it's, it's no wonder Dame mm -hmm. reached the, the, the scoring record. Like, He's doing kind of the same mm -hmm. stuff your dad was doing when he was here. Yeah. It's it, Yeah, it's just uplifting players. It's, yeah, it's it's, it's awesome. It is. Do. And it's it's just so incredible to me that, you know, however many years later, however many decades later, like we're still mm -hmm. we're still seeing kind of the same thing transpiring mm -hmm. here in Portland where it's like you got this one guy that you're putting the whole franchise on his shoulders. Mm -hmm. And I you know, not to take away from, you know, these other players that are on the team because they're they're good players too. But like, mm. Dame is a is a Hall of Famer. Your dad is yeah, a Hall of for Famer. Sure. Who else does he have? <laughs> and and it's like it's yeah. they're doing the same <laughs> yeah. stuff. It's so crazy to me. It's oh, like yeah. I'm reliving my childhood. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting to see. Like, of course, like my father was talking about this the other day too. He's like, you know, Dame's yeah. playing with. Two yeah. twenty point a game scores. He's like, I'm kind of jealous. <laughs> yeah. That must have been fun, you know? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but yeah, you can see it. I mean, like, if you're the only Hall of Famer on your team, it's pretty yeah. tough to to make it out of the the West. Mm -hmm. and, and the West, so, been so that, sad. that's respect to so Damian Lillard. Yeah, it's it's true, man. Like, it's mm -hmm. tough. And seeing what Jeremy Grant brings to the table on this team, like, it's yeah. it gives you a lot of uh, hope for the future. I mean, even. Even this season, when mm -hmm. everybody counted them out before it even started, mm -hmm. like they've they've shown that they can compete. 
Yeah, and like to me, I, I look at it as like that's coaching too. Oh yeah. I, I look at how he uses players, how he's been like whoever is mm. doing well is playing. Mm. I don't care. And and that's how he kind of goes about it. And he, he's not restricting anybody. So whoever has the hot hand is going to it. We saw it early on where they were just like whoever any given night someone was liable to hit a game right. winner. So that kind of roster, it's competitive and it's free flowing and it, like when Dame came back healthy, it's easy to flow right back yes. into it and, and find some success. Mm-hmm. And it's got to be mm-hmm. so fun to play on a team so, like that. So with that being said, yeah. so do you like Portland's roster or like, you know, do you think they should make a move or what? Um, I like it, mm-hmm. but it depends on like what we want. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think this is a championship roster. Um, I like all the people on the team. Um, a lot of I know a lot of them, uh, Justice Winslow, guys like that. And so it's like you want to see those guys mm-hmm. succeed. Gary Payton, GP3. I mean, you, you want to see those guys succeed. And it, but it's just like that roster in and of itself. It's really hard to win, especially in the West when you are the only All Star on your right. team, or you know maybe Grant or, or mm-hmm. Simons wins gets an All Star nod, but like a bona fide superstar. Mm-hmm you need at least two to, to get anywhere right. in today's NBA. So, you know, I, I think this um, season, I think Grant has a good shot at being an all-star. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't see Simons getting to the all-star <laughs> game just because yeah. it's not that he's not playing really well. It's just the fact that there are so many yeah. good guards in the West and there's only so mm-hmm. many guard spots. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. And he, he can play. I, I love his game. It's just so hard to, break out of the west when you've got all these stars to compete against right and you your star power is like e, you only have half a tank <laughs> yeah. so i don't know if breaking down the roster would be a, the right move i think it's just going to take a few years to to get the right players in in place and and we'll see i mean who knows maybe in a year or two shaden develops into hey. you know primetime all-star and then hey, sharp then we're looking at a different sharp game is looking nice mm-hmm. though i mean as a rookie yeah. mm-hmm. he's looking pretty dang nice yeah so i yeah i love his yeah, game i don't i can't discount anything that you just said about him because i feel like the blazers have the guard of the future in sharp i mean mm-hmm. you could say that about simons but sharp looks like he may end up being able to play on a different level mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, with that kind of athleticism, all it takes is like once your experience mm-hmm. catches up with your body, it's over. Right. Right. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, do you, do you think that I want to get your thoughts on the All-Star? I, we mentioned All-Star. We might as well talk about it. Mm-hmm. So the All-Star game, a lot of uh, a lot of it, you know, on, on whether you make it or not is predicated on the fan vote. Mm-hmm. To me, that just seems dumb. I'm just going to put it out there. It's just it is dumb. Because you got people like <laughs> me is. and Gary voting in people like, I mean, we're we're about to, not to hate on our, our, our team, but like, you know, mm-hmm. people vote for their favorite players. Like, people are going to be voting mm-hmm. Josh Harden or like, you know, Nas. What was it last year that like Andrew Wiggins like got like a whole country yeah. to vote in? Like, <laughs> yeah, there's the fan vote. I love Andrew Wiggins, but... But you gotta be. Yeah. We we should, yeah. some people just shouldn't have a right. Say. Exactly, and I yeah. I yeah. count myself yeah. in that group. <laughs> like nobody should be listening to me. Nobody like it should be like it had to have watched 
X amount of games <laughs> right, this right. season to, to get a right, fan Right, exactly. Vote. And not just not just watching one team either. Like you got to be every able to team, watch yeah. every team for you know up to <laughs> leading up to the All Star break. Because how are you gonna know if you're only watching your favorite team or your favorite players? Like that's that's a biased vote. Yeah. It shouldn't count. And and if they're gonna keep the fan vote, I personally think they need to, you know. Yeah. Loosen the weight of it. Yeah, yeah, it it, it should definitely be Absolutely. more predicated, you know, on you know people that are closer to the teams and closer to the game, not me and Tim. <laughs> like, but for me, <laughs> I, you know, honestly, honestly, I think I think they should have all ex players vote, and that's that should count as the fan vote. That would be a yeah, great idea. Yeah, How about yeah, involve the people yeah. that have played the yes. game? And um, but for me, I yeah. I personally want to see uh, Simon's makeup because me and Tim we have a bet. So we 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 talked about before <laughs> who's gonna make their their first All Star game first. I chose Simon's and Ch- T- Tim yeah. chose CJ, and the loser is gonna have to eat a a ghost chip, which I. Which I, am, live, which I am super happy stream. for, but I'm gonna tell you, I mean, we 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 talked about how I drink White Claws, and, and when it comes to hot sauce and stuff like that, I can't take it. I just melt. I die. I can't do it. So listen, Simons, I need you to make an All Star game for your boy because I'm not trying to die on air, please and thank you. <laughs> Yeah, I I still think CJ is gonna make All Star game before Simon's does. Just just for the I simple mean, fact, Pelicans are number one. Number right one, now. and well, I Mm-mm. guess they're not in the East, are they? They no, should be. They disagree. should be in the East. <laughs> but but they're number one. The Blazers are not. Mm. CJ, I don't know. I think he's got a a better chance. He does. That's another weird thing. People leave mm-hmm. CJ off their mm-hmm. list of like Blazers greats. I'm like, he's put in a lot of a lot of time with the franchise. Yeah. I mean, not his fault. He got traded. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I've always he's been one of my favorite Blazers. I got to be honest, oh, man. Yeah. Him with the Pelicans. That oh, Pelicans yeah. team is a oh, they're nasty. They're nasty. I got to be honest. Uh, I I was happy when the trade happened because I felt like the Blazers were kind of stuck in a rut and it's not CJ's fault it's just he yeah. was the only viable trade piece if you're not going to move Dame and yeah. when it happened I was like alright and then you see him play a game for the Pelicans and it's like I think what I equated it to was like dumping uh, you know a significant other and then seeing them out with their with their, their new boo and you're like Mm-hmm. That's the one that mm-hmm. got away. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's yeah. It's a tough place to be. <laughs> yeah, it's like you know, like all right, I'm ar- I'm already in like a solid spot, mm-hmm. but I'm not in a great spot. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like it's a gamble. Yep. So. Yep. And just yeah. the fact that he was doing so well too. Like I love that they were playing him at the point. I love that they used him as a distributor because I, I wanted them to do that here more. And, and yeah. just to see him thrive over there, it's so nice to see. Yeah, and like you, like with him and Damian Lillard playing, they, they play a similar style of basketball. So it's pretty difficult to like 
unless you got a lot of defenders or a bunch of height, which was like mm -hmm. our weakest commodity, mm -hmm. um, it's pretty tough to like have that be your your winning, you know, duo. So right, that it's fun to watch. I, I love watching both of them play. But in terms of like winning a championship, it's pretty difficult to do that. That was my one gripe while they were here together was that it was so redundant. There was too much redundancy. Like they, they mm. were just so similar. And like, you know, I think you can get away with that if maybe they were wings because, you know, you mm. can play them at the two, three or four and that it makes sense. Yeah. Like they're more versatile that way. But two guards that, what are they, six, six, four and under, six, three and under? Yeah. It, yeah, six three, six it just, four. It doesn't. It doesn't work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Not in today's NBA. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, uh, I think that's that's kind of enough about Blazers. I want to talk about Adam. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about Adam Drexler. <laughs> you recently ventured out into the podcast world. Congratulations! I Welcome did. to the Thank club. You. Thank you. <laughs> you you started a show with uh, Dia. I believe she's from from Blazers yeah. Edge. Is that right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. So yes. you started a show with Dia from Blazers Edge. I believe you cover the mm. Blazers. Yeah, it's um, we wanted to kind of do a um, different take on Blazers. So we just kind of talk about the perspective of like, okay, as a as a former player, what are some of these players going through? What is their outlook on on the season? And also bringing in you know people every now and then hearing their thoughts taking a few tweets explaining them from a player's point of view mm -hmm. um and then dia's point of view being you know behind the scenes photographer and all this stuff so we just kind of wanted to take it out of the context of like oh who's better between this person and this person and being like well what is a player like Shaden sharp thinking as a rookie going into this game and, and you know his minutes are fluctuating mm -hmm. so we kind of try to take it from a different angle and just discuss it that way because i mean we mm -hmm. could argue our top 10 list all day <laughs> but <laughs> yeah yep. and then like every now and then bringing in you know an opinion like my dad's or bringing in you know somebody like buck buck williams or somebody just to talk to us about what yeah what their opinions are of the game today mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so how many episodes in are you wow okay uh we're nine episodes nine, in. nice yeah. that's awesome man and and yeah, you and how many guests have you keep brought along on it uh, we're on two so far. Awesome. I'm assuming it's your dad. <laughs> <We're and just, laughs> yeah. yeah, so we're just we're just kind of going at it and and just still trying to gain our, our footing and and you know get our rhythm on it. But we're trying to post every week and and make sure we are consistent with it. Yeah, that's that's awesome, man. I'm mm. I, I have to be honest. I haven't listened to an episode yet, but I I don't listen mm. to a lot of podcasts at least lately. Uh, but I am looking forward to, to hearing it. I think it's cool hearing a, you know, a, a former player's perspective and also not just a photographer, mm -hmm. but a woman's mm -hmm. perspective on the game because mm -hmm. um, that's one thing. I, we were talking about it before you, you came on um, uh, tonight, and I, I said, you know, we really should get Dia on because mm -hmm. it would be really fun to talk to her about her perspective on, like, being a woman and breaking into – the 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 nba the basketball industry because like for a long time the the thought was that women don't belong in in men's sports and i i just think it's it's really cool to see like it's happening more and more often these days and it's mm. it's good i mean it, it it improves the game it improves the the coverage of the game so at some point mm. we, we got to reach out to dia just let her know it's coming yeah I mean, <laughs> she's so cool i mean she 
like what's interesting about her like i've heard like a lot of people you know discuss the game we can look at stats and we can look at all this stuff but she's she's like mm -hmm. going out and talking to these players and being like hey take me through like i think there was one player that's in the g league that for for the blazers and she got to film or take pictures of him and it's like hey take me through what your your mindset is you know getting sent down to the g league and like what's that like being a rookie you get drafted and you got sent down to the g league what's your mindset for moving back up and like hearing those kind of stories you never hear stuff like mm -hmm. that so she's like great about you know finding the the story beneath the story and then also just talking mm -hmm. basketball she loves the sport so she's really cool that's great we let her know the invite's coming because we would love to have her on the show. I've been uh, thinking about that. That'd be cool. For, She'd love that for a while now. Uh, we just we just haven't done it. I don't know why. To be honest, <laughs> I, I don't know why. <laughs> but uh, no, that's that's great to hear uh, that you're having a good time with the with the podcast, and we're looking forward to your your next episode. I promise I will start listening soon. <laughs> <laughs> right on, right on. Uh, but Adam, uh, I think last we spoke. You had you you said you had finished up um, a season in the Big Three. Uh, you had yeah. finished up um, an overseas stint as well. Are yeah. you are you still hooping or are you doing something else? Yeah, I'm still uh, still playing. Um, I ship out again, um, kind of mm -hmm. like around July. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm thinking. Georgia yeah, might yeah. be my next destination. The Hawks? Okay. <laughs> Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's always like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Atlanta, what? But, um, yeah, so Georgia. And then um, I had to sit down with my agent and, and kind of weigh our options. Mm -hmm. But um, just taking a minute, um, kind of tweak my my knee a little bit, making sure I'm 100% I'm good before I go out. Because you never want to go overseas injured. Right. So. Just making sure that I'm all the way healthy and and taking a real off season because I think for me, I played overseas and then I immediately did the big three, so I didn't get an off season. Mm -hmm. I played the whole the whole time, so now I'm just taking a bit of a break to make sure I'm good. Yeah, that sounds like um, a good idea. <laughs> mindset, like you know, like when you're <laughs> when you're knowing you know that you're going to Georgia, you know you're you're gonna be gone, you know, from your friends and family and stuff like that, you know, for a for a period of time um are you are you scared are you nervous are you happy i mean obviously you you've done this before so you know um yeah to me it's it's excitement um this is what i love doing so to me i'm, I'm always looking forward to it i love playing basketball i love going and playing in other countries and um you know, a lot of it is just getting to experience yeah. another culture, another way of life mm -hmm. is, is fascinating to me. At first, I, it kind of took a little bit of an adjustment period. Did, you, know, mm -hmm. you know, it took my first team was in Japan. So having to adjust to what it's like, I've never lived in Japan. Mm -hmm. I never <laughs> hung out with anyone Japanese. So yeah. that was my first time and it was really, really cool. And I learned so much. So after that, it just kind of became this extra bonus of playing overseas is getting to make friends and, and learn about other cultures, mm -hmm. but also the basketball is just fun yeah. seeing the way other countries play basketball is so unique. Like everyone plays differently. Like Japan, like the way that they're very cerebral about like their plays and then, mm -hmm. you know, Indonesia, mm -hmm. it's like mm -hmm. quick, you know, running down the court, you know, it's, it's yeah. really cool to see how other countries play. Nice. I wonder how the waffles so are. I love Georgia. it. 
<laughs> I always bring my own waffle maker and mix, so I'll never know. <laughs> you telling me you never I, I learned, you never venture out to see what the waffles are like in, in each country? Not. I will say I've, I've been disappointed one too many times <laughs> with the waffles because other countries it's like the waffles are like a dessert. Yeah. Whereas for me, that's a that's a mandatory. That's life. Like, that's breakfast cuisine. <laughs> so I always bring like my own mix, my own syrup in my bag. What is that? Don't worry about it. I, I need to know what your, your go-to syrup and, and mix is. Do you make your own mix? Nah, I just, you know. Yeah, is it Krusty's? Yeah, yeah. Is it Biscuit? Jack okay. or the Aunt Jemima? Uh-huh. Okay. You know, just, <laughs> whatever's at the store. But, like, it's, it's vastly, vastly better than whatever I could find overseas. <laughs> Nice, nice. Okay, so so you ship out. You said in July. Yeah. So yeah, is there July. is there any way that us here stateside can catch the games? Yeah, usually a lot of teams will have like streaming um, mm-hmm. that they'll do, and I, I can shoot a link. Um, some countries don't; they just do their own like networks. Mm-hmm. But like the like last country, Indonesia, they had their own like streaming, so everyone could mm-hmm. see it. It was really cool. It's like real time oh, too. Nice. Or if you miss it, you can always go back and like watch online. So that was that was really cool. A lot of teams are doing that now. Okay, well you have to shoot us a link so we can we can watch. Yeah. No, yeah, for have, sure. I haven't for seen sure. you play live yet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's funny. It's funny <laughs> seeing me out there. <laughs> uh, you think you're gonna be the yeah. the tallest guy on the team out in Georgia? Uh, no, not, not this time. time. <laughs> time. <laughs> It'd be different for you, huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, in Indonesia we had like there was a height limit, so the I was at me and my my teammate, yeah. uh, my other American teammate, we were like the max height okay. that you could be. So <laughs> that's all that was interesting. But like, yeah, most teams I've actually been one mm. of the shorter like import players, so that's been interesting. Huh. That is interesting. Uh, I think Gary yeah. had a, a question for you. About yeah, so the the last time you know we chatted, we oh, yeah. were talking about you know how how you're into the the music world and stuff like that, and um, um you know just just for me like I don't know like I kind of feel like uh, you know like for a, a certain stage like you know especially like in rap like everybody was sounding like Future or you know like everybody was sounding like T Pain right. So for me the the question that I have for you is. Yeah when you're going through and like creating a song or a beat, you know, or whatever, like, are you making it to how the, the, the secular world like wants to hear it or how Adam wants to hear it and what Adam likes? Yeah. It's a little bit of both. I mean, there's like my personal music that I just make just for me that I'm like, all right, no one's probably ever going to hear this. And like, that's just all Adam, whatever. I'm thinking of or whatever I'm feeling is is going into the music. But then there's like, you know, if I'm working with like an artist, like, and they kind of have like a general sense of like, Hey, I want this to be like a pop song, you know, really catchy, you know, stuff like that. I'm like, all right, that's kind of the direction. And I'll try to like tweak it and make it to where like, I also resonate with it. Um, So it it kind of depends on on a case by case basis. And then I've had like, I've worked with artists who've been like, make something. Play weird. the drums with nunchucks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like, I- I've always had fun with it, and whatever. Like in music, like if I, like I, I don't think I've ever like made a song mm-hmm. that I I don't like for some. Like, no matter what artist I'm working with, even if it's like a genre I'm not really 
like closely have an affinity with mm-hmm. i'm still liking the song that that we made so that's yeah. kind of what i do i make sure like if i don't like yeah. it i'm not not releasing it so yeah that, that's that's kind of what i stick with but for me i'm like there's like that kind of production then there's also like me like wanting to compose like like you know like in a movie like something sad happens on screen and like you start like you might cry but you don't cry because what's yeah, happening on yeah, screen yeah. is sad you cry because the music right, is sad right. <laughs> i want to make somebody cry like <laughs> that's kind okay. of i want to like branch out into like movie that's the title of this episode know, maybe a video game soundtrack or something that's the title of this episode like Adam I, I want to make somebody cry that's beautiful <laughs> i'm gonna put that on a shirt <laughs> oh i love that <laughs> so so what's the next step for you to to start composing for for movies in um it's it's really just um waiting for my brother and sister to get their their stuff together they're big time wow. you know film degrees uh-huh. uh my sister she's working right now she wow. helps uh she works with london alley yeah. right now so they're doing like music okay. videos yeah, and stuff yeah, like cool. that like Lil Nas X. Mm-hmm. my brother he's wow. wow he's worked for like everybody dreamworks lucas arts wow. and, and stuff my sister also did wow. she worked on star wars the mandalorian mm-hmm. so great yeah show. i'm like right. hey if you could just like sneak <laughs> me in there like get one little song other than that, it's just, you know, whatever you reach out to people. I've, I've actually, you know, talked with a few, like, producers and stuff like that who are like, hey, we just we thought it'd be cool. Maybe do, like, a song for, like, a movie or something. Yeah. I'm like, yes, I'd love to. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like it's my dream. Minor details. It's all right. <laughs> all I want to yeah. do is make a theater cry. <laughs> right. Men, women, right. and children yeah. sobbing. Because of Adam Drexler, I can see it now. Yeah, yeah I'm like, sometimes like, I have my sister told me, she's like, you're kind of like trying yeah, to be the yeah. rock. You're just like doing yeah. everything. It's like you're podcasting, yeah. you're playing basketball, you're doing music. Like, Adam, you ever thought about pro wrestling? I'm considering it now. I'm like, I might as well you know, just fully develop it. Just go for it. You know, switch my eyebrow. Right. And, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Get the tribal tattoos. Do it. You, uh, There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. Like, I, I've always, like, I thought about the yeah. other day. I was like, what, yeah. could I be, like, an action hero yeah. in one of these movies? Yeah. Could I, like, yeah. fight a dinosaur? <laughs> could I do this? But the key to being a, a good wrestler, though, is having a strong finishing move, though. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I, that's where I would I would fail in that. I nothing cool, <laughs> nothing cool up my sleeve. You'd have to work on it first. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's something you could work with your agent over. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Pick up, throw my agent. Ooh, at him. that's That'd a. I don't think anyone's done that yet. Mm-hmm. Nobody's that, done that yet. Yeah. <laughs> Hit him with the law. <laughs> oh, I love it. Adam, thank you so much for joining the show, man. We always have a good time. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Of course, of course. Uh, you all are the coolest. <laughs> yeah. But a uh, big shout out to my co-host, Gary Hassan, uh, the Basketball Podcast Network, DraftKings, and especially you, our listeners, Twitter followers, really social media followers, and Bucket Busters. Uh, keep reach out, reaching out to us on Twitter at Busted Bucket with your comments and questions because we love building community with you all. Don't forget to rate, follow, subscribe, and leave a review if you're digging what we're saying. Be good to each other, Rip City. We'll catch you next time on the Busted Bucket Podcast. Thanks for listening.